Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to Extra Time, a web-only sports program from Radio New Zealand Sport. I'm Joe Porter. In the programme this week, the New Zealand netball team ends eight years of heartbreak against Australia. New Zealand's London Olympic shot put champion Valerie Adams finally receives her gold medal. A stomach virus threatens to derail the Black Caps campaign at the 2020 Cricket World Cup. We talk to a former All Black about just how important current captain Richie McCaw is to the side. We check on the progress on the semi-privatisation of up to four New Zealand Super Rugby franchises. And we pick the brain of the New Zealand Breakers basketball coach Andre Lamar as the back-to-back champions get ready to defend their ANBL title. The New Zealand netball team ended a near-decade-long drought against Australia this week after winning the Constellation Cup for the first time. The series victory was the Silver Ferns' first over the Diamonds in eight years. The Ferns wrapped up the three-test series with a game to spare after winning the first two tests in Melbourne and Auckland, with Sunday's third and final match in Christchurch now a dead rubber. The second test in Auckland was an absolute thriller with the Ferns racing out to a massive 12-point half-time lead before having to endure a late Diamonds onslaught as the Australians roared back into the match. The New Zealanders held on for a nerve-wracking one-point win 50-49 in front of a sold-out crowd of 8,800 at Victor Arena, a record attendance for a netball game in New Zealand. The Silver Ferns coach Waimarama Tomonu was happy the side managed to break the hoodoo and win their maiden Constellation Cup, but she wasn't pleased with the way the Ferns let the Diamonds back into the match. I don't think I'm ever going to be absolutely satisfied. I'm delighted that we've won the Constellation Cup for the first time. Um, more importantly, we set ourselves the task of putting back-to-back wins together, and we've done that. So from those perspectives, I am very pleased. Um, that third quarter was something that we are going to look pretty closely at. Despite the frantic finish, the Silver Ferns centre, Laura Langman, says the thought of losing never crossed her mind. No, we had everything under control. <laughs> we had plan A and B. Um, we and started plan B yeah, quite yeah, early, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, we did. Premature, <laughs> premature start. But, um, yeah, obviously not the ending we would have liked, but it certainly um, shows we can withstand um, phenomenal pressure um, and come out on top, and that's a shift that I think our group hasn't done in the past, and it's, and it's really positive. The Australian coach, Lisa Alexander, was frustrated with some of the umpiring decisions during the match, but she says credit must go to the New Zealanders. Really have to pay tribute to the Silver Ferns. I mean, it was outstanding defence. It was really difficult. So, you know, you can only play as well as your opposition lets you play. And I think, you know, we fell into a few traps because of that. With the third match on Sunday now a dead rubber, it's likely both coaches will experiment with different combinations and make several changes to their starting lineups in Christchurch. The Olympian Valerie Adams says she could have never imagined that her gold medal ceremony in Auckland could be so perfect. The shot putter who came second at the London Olympics was awarded her second Olympic gold medal in Auckland this week after her Belarusian rival Nadzea Ostapchuk failed a drug test. Olivia Wicks was at the ceremony. Valerie Adams! 
As the Governor-General slipped the gold medal around Valerie Adams's neck, the crowd went silent. The cheering erupted again as she showed off her talent by shot-putting her bouquet of flowers into the crowd. And then the one song she'd so desperately wanted to hear in London was sung. Before she briefly addressed the crowd. Thank you so much to the public of New Zealand for your love and your support and you, your continued confidence in myself as an athlete. I do this for you and I do this for our country. Thank you so much. The Governor-General, Lieutenant-General Sir Jerry Matsuparai, told the 2,500-strong crowd that witnessed the crowning of a true champion. As the founder of the International Olympic Committee, Baron Pierre de Coubertin, said, the Games were created for the glorification of the individual champion. Valerie Adams, you are the women's shot-put Olympic champion of the 30th Olympiad. The ceremony ended with a bang, with fireworks lighting up Auckland's skies. That rounded off a night equally as amazing for Adams' fans, who described it as like having the Olympics right here in New Zealand. It was really cool when Valerie got her medal. It was lovely actually, lady next to us bawling her eyes out. We got a little bit emotional, it was great. I think it was just really sweet when she did finally get her medal, you could tell that she was really excited about it and so was the crowd. The presenting of the medal. Yeah, very emotional. It was great because it was really enjoyable and that Valerie Adams actually got to have a gold medal that she wanted. Seen the medal? Yeah, definitely. You know, a bit of Olympic history, isn't it? Don't get, to, don't get to see that every day. Oh, I just love that everyone turned out to support Valerie. And as she signed children's autograph books, flags and accepted flowers and artwork from the crowd, she told me the ceremony was just perfect. It's been absolutely amazing, very overwhelming. The reception at the airport to right now is... It's absolutely fantastic. I, nothing out of my imagination that, you know, this is all perfect. And even with teary eyes and quivering lips, she still managed to hold it together when telling reporters she would not dwell for another minute on her rival's conduct. She robbed the moment, but today I've just had my moment. So this makes up for every other moment that I've missed. I try not to cry. Um, the Governor General was very nice. He sort of like took his time because I was like about to burst out into, tear, into tears. But I, you know, held myself together. I was just... It was just very overwhelming. As I said, it's, it's almost like a closure, and today it's really happening, happening, and the moment has arrived, and I just embraced it. And if there was any doubt, the BMX silver medalist Sarah Walker reminded her that the screams and cheers in Auckland were far better than those she would have heard in the Olympic Stadium. For her to have that in the home crowd, I mean, there wasn't 2,500 people in the stadium when she won a medal, so to have all her family and friends and all of, like, pretty much all of New Zealand with her, and you kind of miss that over there, like you don't really know what's going on back here. So she definitely knew what was going on <laughs> here tonight. And as for the golden girl now, she's planning a few months of rest and relaxation before she resumes training next year for the 2016 Olympics in Brazil. Olivia Wicks with that report.
Illness and injury threatened to derail the New Zealand Cricketers' 2020 World Cup ambitions earlier this week, with several players fighting to be fit in time for their first match. More than half the squad were laid low by a stomach bug disrupting the team's travel plans, but those affected were expected to have recovered for the Black Caps' pool games against Bangladesh and Pakistan. The tournament began in Sri Lanka on Wednesday, with the hosts easily beating Zimbabwe. Simon Mercip spoke to the New Zealand coach Mike Hessen to talk about the Black Caps' prospects at the World Cup and how they intend to cope with the almost inevitable stomach illnesses in Sri Lanka. It could arise at any time, but hopefully, um, you know, the guys are very diligent in this part of the world, but it's, you know, it's hard to pick up exactly what is the cause. I mean, guys eat, eat at different places and, um, you know, as I said, pretty diligent in terms of the places we, we allow guys to go and eat, but um, I guess you can't be always, you can, you can never uh, alleviate any, all of these issues. The results haven't been good in recent times. What frame of mind are your players in? Uh, pretty good, actually. I mean, we won our last uh, international against India and Chennai, which, you know, no, not many teams go and win there. So that was a huge result for us. Um, obviously, against Australia in the, the one day, we, you know, we didn't adjust the conditions very well with the bat, um, and we bowled, we bowled okay. Uh, against South Africa, you know, with a, you know, with a, well, could only be described as a, as a pretty depleted side. Um, you know, we played extremely well against it, you know, when South Africa put out their top side. So we got a lot of confidence from that. Um, Playing Bangladesh in the subcontinent is, is obviously a far difficult, uh, far harder proposition than it is um, playing them at home. So uh, we're expected to face a lot of spin in the last in, in both games against Pakistan as well. So that'll obviously be um, a large part of our preparation. Mike, looking back at the historical record in, in limited over tournaments, including the 50 over tournaments, New Zealand's often done well. They've often reached semi-finals. Do you have a realistic goal? For how you know where you'd like to see the Black Caps get to? Uh, not really, Simon. We basically, like I said, we're dealing with Bangladesh first and Pakistan. Uh, we know we've got a you know a really tough group to get through, so that's that's our priority, and that's sort of where all our um, scouting and all our all our focus is towards. You know, once we get past that, um, then we have another three games, and, it, and it's a matter of rebuilding for there and and trying to uh, to get to the semi-finals. How are you finding this uh, experience? You're still a new coach for the Black Caps. Uh, it's been not the best start on the results board. Are you already feeling perhaps uh, some pressure in your position? Uh, well, not really. Well, like I said, we played one T20 game and we won that, so that was um, a pretty good start and, and made good progress in the Bangladesh, uh, sorry, the, the Bangalore test. So I was really pleased the way we, we progressed in Bangalore uh, following, the, I guess, the you know, horrible start uh, in Hyderabad. So, um, no, I mean, we've played three internationals and, and you know, won one, lost one, and um, you know, and we're pretty close in the other. So, um, yeah, I think with this group we've got at the moment, we've, we, you know, we're developing uh, the culture a bit. Um, certainly, the support staff are all, you know, making a really good contribution, and the players are working, you know, working their butts off. So, um, you know, we're uh, we're looking forward to having a good tournament. Okay, and just one final thought. We certainly saw in India how effective those Indian spinners were, and perhaps spinning will be a, uh, the spin bowlers will be a, a, a dominant uh, force in this tournament. Anything special you're, you're working on with the batsmen to try and combat spin? Yeah, I mean we spent a long time in Bangalore, as I said before the Bangalore before the Bangalore test. We made you know really good progress in terms of the way we played spin, um, but we'll be confronted with a lot of left arm spinners in this game, which is you know another challenge in itself. Uh, you know, we, we played well against the South African left armers and hopefully we can uh, we can do the same against Bangladesh. You think some young ones like the likes of Adam Milne are going to come through and do a really good job for the Black Caps in this tournament? 
Yeah, I mean, Adam, uh, I guess he's you know he's really benefited from the fact that a number of the other guys have been a little bit ill because he's got uh, a lot of opportunity and he's, he's really grabbed that opportunity well and, and bowled with good pace yesterday. So really delighted for him to not only come on the tour but also make such a good contribution so far. The Black Caps coach Mike Hesson speaking to Simon Mercer. And this is Extra Time, a web-only sports programme from Radio New Zealand Sport. I'm Joe Porter. The All Blacks captain Richie McCaw is playing some of the best rugby of his long career and his influence on the New Zealand side has never been greater. McCaw has played every minute of the All Blacks' seven matches so far this year and was at his inspirational best as he put his battered body on the line to lead the men in black to victory in their latest rugby championship match against the Springboks in Dunedin. How he's managed to keep himself fit after over a decade at the top level continues to baffle many as has his ability to find the drive to play world-beating rugby year after year. The feats of the talismanic open side haven't gone unnoticed by his predecessors with former All Blacks captain Graham Murray describing McCaw as probably the best rugby player of all time. I caught up with Murray, who says McCaw's importance to the All Blacks cannot be overstated. Yeah, I think Richie's uh, you know, really, really, really important to the team at the moment. I think he's shown, certainly since 2007, I think is maturing as a leader and um, you know, a bit of ability to lead on the field and to actually... Uh, Walk the talk, the talk, and also walk the walk. I mean, I think he's just uh, become a complete captain, really, and it's, it's just great to watch. And obviously, playing in probably one of the most physical positions on the field, maybe bar the front rowers. How do you think he's he's lasted so long? He's been at the top level for about a decade now, in, a, in an age where guys get old quick in rugby. <laughs> yeah, certainly. I think loose forwards are traditionally, particularly the open sides of often not gone past you know, 30, 31. I think that sort of seems to have been where most of them have finished. I, I think the game's probably changed slightly in the last three or four years and the loose forwards are now a little bit more homogenous. Uh, so, you know, Richie, certainly, I think he's become much more physical in the way he plays the game and, you know, certainly his ball carrying has, has become more efficient over the last two or three years and he, he carries the ball a lot more than probably was three or four years ago. So I, I think he's been able to adjust to the changing game. And, you know, again, uh, I, I think probably playing for the Crusaders, he's been able to take advantage of the, of the fact that they have pretty good player management down there. So he hasn't hasn't really been required or forced to play all of the games that the team plays during the season. And again, that's, that's a tribute to their management as well as obviously to, to the fact that he recognises he needs to uh, to look after himself a bit as, as time goes by. And obviously, having played all every minute of all seven games, the coaches feel he's absolutely invaluable to the team, more so than even, say, a Dan Carter who's been out injured. Is that the way you view it, that Rich McCaw is the most integral part of this all-black team, obviously, without wanting to point out individuals too much? Yeah, I, th- I think Richie's been pretty critical to the whole thing. I mean, I, I think uh, from a positional perspective, the fact that he gets through 80 minutes is, is you know, and, and has played the whole seven really is, is a tribute to his determination, I think, and, and his fitness and preparation. I, I think, you know, probably Kieran Reid is another guy that, while he's had a few injuries this year, Kieran, you know, has, has played a lot of rugby as well. So the, I, I think those two are probably the core of the loose forward trio and, you know, both world-class players. And I think that's a big part of where the All Blacks are at the moment. What did, what did you think of Richie's performance on the weekend? Pretty impressive? Yeah, no, yeah, I, was, I was just... Uh, really blown away by the fact that he could come out and at his age and number of tests he's played still produce performance like that and I think it was you know pretty much that it was required.
And, uh, you know, the All, the All Blacks really, I think if they'd lost by 15 points, you probably couldn't have complained. The Africans just weren't able to finish some of the things they started. And, uh, you know, I, th- I think the fact that the All Blacks finished so strongly in the last 20 and Richie was such a huge part of that really was a difference. He's obviously very sort of talismanic, I guess, for the side. He really does seem to lift the players around him by just doing what he always does best. It's, it kind of comes a second nature to him now. He just picks up the team and says, jump on my shoulders, here we go. Yeah, I, I think if you look at if you, you look at Richie Pryor at 2-7, you know, and certainly over the last couple of years, you're, certain, you're seeing a lot more of him bringing the team in and actually laying down the law and letting them know what he wants and coordinating and communicating in the centre there. And I think that's just... Um, part of his maturity as, as a captain and, and you know, that's why he's probably the well certainly the best captain in the in world rugby at the moment. And, you know, I think his performance on Saturday would have been as good as any number seven performance we've seen this year. Yeah, where do you think he stands when or ranks amongst the number sevens now? He has been the best in the world before. We have a few, I guess, contenders or pretenders to the throne, David Pocock and the likes. Where do you think he sits amongst the international number sevens now in terms of just an out and out open side? Oh, I think you've got to look at all-around contribution. I think you've got to look at his longevity. And I think, you know, the other thing to me really is the way that he's actually adjusted to the changing nature of the game. So, uh, you know, I think year in, year out, there'll be games where he may not be the best in the world on the day, but I think year in, year out, he's, you know, there's, there's nobody that's had the longevity and for him to produce the rugby he's produced this year, uh, you know, particularly after after the World Cup last year, because I think it would have been you know, uh, perhaps a little bit of expectation that having played his third World Cup, that uh, you know he might have he might have felt a little bit satisfied. But he's certainly shown huge hunger and just gone out there and, and produced the goods each time. The former All Black captain Graham Murray. The New Zealand Rugby Union expects to make an announcement soon on the semi-privatisation of up to four of the local Super Rugby franchise licences. The NZRU Chief Executive Steve Chu says the hopeful injection of capital from local unions, some with offshore backing, will help the already improving books of the franchises, though not much will actually change operationally. He spoke to the media this week. We will now spend the next couple of weeks uh, finalising with the parties that we've been negotiating with our final contracts. We expect to be able to make some announcements about that uh, sometime in October. We're pleased with uh, where we've got to. There's a, a mix of different approaches to this licensing opportunity. Um, and when we do finalise those, they will tick the objectives that we set out to achieve. So in the bottom line, it's got to be good for rugby, but I think most of you will recall our, our key objectives were to bring some um, extra capital into the into the game at this level, um, sharpen up our, our governance and just inject uh, a little bit of sort of, of a different approach. When we said about this, uh, this time last year, we had all five franchises losing money. Uh, it's a very different scene this year. Uh, so it gives us confidence to do the right thing rather than be reacting to a significant problem. But we're also realistic that the making money cycle is definitely a cycle. So, I mean, there have been some tweaks um, in response to the uh, to the proposals we've got, and they and they're all different. So there there are not there are no two alike. Um, interestingly, probably the biggest material change has been we all wanted a longer um, commitment. So we went from an initial three years to three years with some pretty strong renewal rights for a further five, but they are subject to 
fans are looking like fans are looks like today because there's not much point having franchises if we haven't got a competition. So they've got some good, um, you know, uh, escape clauses if you like. But uh, each of the proposals we received, we're looking for an ability to commit for a longer period of time, which has upside for us as well, obviously. Are all the applications they involve provincial unions? I've said uh, previously that we have a good mix. Uh, all of the um, applications have got some provincial union involvement. Um, there are some with uh, funding from uh, offshore, but no no significant offshore uh, control of that licensing consortium or group. They're largely domestic, to be fair. You know, what, what, we, what we offered was very much a tentative um, step into the... Um, the world in, in this regard. I mean, we've we've retained uh, all of the, the things that we believe are important to ensuring rugby benefits in this country, largely around producing the best players. So we obviously still have a say in appointing the coaches. They'll still work actually for the NZAU. We'll still centrally contract all the players. We'll determine the contracting budgets. Um, so we haven't put a lot out there for uh, these investors. But in, interestingly and pleasingly, there is enough interest for us to be confident that uh, we're making some good announcements when we when we do. Other new items to emerge from the NZRU board meeting include a new collective players agreement to be sorted by November, which true signals will involve less money for players, as well as a new community rugby strategy to be finalised and some new headquarters organised in Molesworth Street. True says Sanzar has been talking about getting Argentina players involved in their competitions below the new Four Nations tournament and not just Super Rugby. The challenge is the three other unions need to find their own international players from those competitions. The New Zealand Breakers have already created history after winning back-to-back Australian National Basketball League titles, but they're not resting on their laurels. One of the club's ambitions is to create a basketball dynasty, and if they were to win again this year, it would be hard to argue against such claims. However, the task they face is far from easy. The club's star swingman Tom Abercrombie's recovery from off-season ankle surgery is taking much longer than expected, with the 25-year-old now in doubt for the Breakers' season opener against the Wildcats on October. The, 5th. the Breakers have also lost some of last year's championship winning squad with the most noticeable departure, that of American Ford Gary Wilkinson, a wily campaigner, big scorer and one of the team's go-to men in the clutch. He's been replaced by compatriot Will Hudson, who's quite a different type of player. I spoke to coach Andre Lamanis before the team flew out for their final pre-season tournament in Melbourne and he told me he doesn't expect the Breakers' style to change too much despite the change in personnel. Oh, it's going to be very similar. Um, again, you, uh, everything changes a little bit based on the, on the pieces you have to the puzzle and you figure out how to you know, best make use of all those parts. Um, I think Will certainly gives us something at the defensive end, like he's a great defender uh, and he's got an agility and a, and a quickness um, that will allow him to help us at that end of the floor. So it might enable us to do a few more things defensively. Um, at the offensive end, obviously, his talents around the basket are, are useful for us, and so we need to find out how to best utilise that in what we're doing. But, you know, it, it, the style will be similar, as always, um, and I hope it continues throughout the season. You continue to evolve as opposition give you different looks and try to take away different things and scout you different ways, you continue to evolve. With Chief in the mix as well, will, will it be more of an inside game? Oh, you've got to go where your advantages are, and obviously, you know, with, uh, with Chief and Will, we have, some, we have two very good inside targets so we need to make use of those guys and uh, use them 
to the best effectiveness for the group. Two championships in a row, third one, you could almost call that a dynasty if you get it. Has that word been mentioned at all? One of the things from a club perspective is, uh, you know, the mission statement was to become a basketball dynasty. Um, and whatever that means and what that looks like and who knows, I think I don't think you can define yourself as a dynasty, I think others define you as a dynasty um, we just need to go about playing basketball and getting better every day And coming back at Champions again how different has it been from coming back to the start of last season more nerves around, more pressure or more relaxed? I actually think we're in a better place because um, again we've, we've gone through it last year and we understand that you know um, it's about re-establishing who you are this year and that the previous season doesn't mean anything. You've got to get back on the court and put in the hard work and establish who you are as a group and like this year will take care of itself. Last year won't help this year at all. And the pre-season tournament you're about to head off on, results important or more about putting structures and patterns and things in place? Still definitely about process. Um, you know, we want to see improvement from where we've been, I guess, this past week. Um, and we want to see improvement, uh, for me particularly at the offensive end, just getting the rhythm and the flow and the understanding of where you're supposed to be, but like when to go and when to, when to make the extra pass and let the ball do some work, and I don't think the mix of that was great in this pre-season tournament. Oh, Tom, obviously, Tom won't play. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah, he'll come with us because we've obviously got the physio on the road and we've got an uh, opportunity to work him out and do all that sort of stuff and get treated on the road, so uh, we'll continue to manage him. Um, and... Uh, Again, you know, that's just based on uh, how he recovers from additional load and there's no guarantee he'll be right for the start of the season. You know, it just, it'll recover when it recovers. Andre Lamanis. And that's the show for this week. Feedback is welcome via sport at radionz.co.nz. You can get the latest sports news anytime on our website while we'll be back with the next web-only Extra Time show next week. I'm Joe Porter. Bye for now. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.